Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Shabbat Shalom. Arab Shabbat Shalom. Welcome back. Episode 45, Hebrew Congregation of Houston. I know you've been waiting for us to see what we have to say today. Thank you so much for logging on and joining us. So um, tomorrow is going to be what? Mother's Day. And so um, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the Mother's Day. But before that, uh, we did go over our uh, our parashah. And so I know I read that um, Leviticus uh, 21 through 24. And I just wanted to point out that Leviticus 23, it tells you all the holidays we should be celebrating. So that Leviticus 23, you really want to go over that and make sure you're adding on. Like we said before, we want to bridge the gap. So we want to bring Christianity, Hebrew congregation, everyone together. So we're not taking away. You should be adding these days onto your calendar. And once you start adding them onto your calendar and researching what I've been giving you about all the pagan holidays, at some point your spirit will get it. It'll just awake and say, I can't do that anymore. I, I can't celebrate the other things anymore. And that's what happened with me. It was a process. So we want to add to your life, okay? And so um, today I'm going to do my Easter Keeping It Real. We're going to talk about this Mother's Day, which I always like Mother's Day because I got gifts, right? <laughs> but we have to tell the truth. So that's what we're here about, uh, the awakening, our identity, and how to move forward. And the only way to move forward is the truth. And so sometimes you may say, you know, oh, they're going a little bit too far, this and that. No, the truth is what's going to set you free. And the truth is the truth. You can't add to the truth and you can't take away from it. Okay. So let's, let's talk about mothers. Uh, and so I know uh, Rabbi always called me Sarah, which is, is mother. That's Abram's wife, which is Sarah. So that's a little nickname. But Exodus 20 and 12 says, what? Honor your mother and your father. And then uh, Leviticus 19 and three says, every one of you shall reverend his mother and father. So it doesn't say if they're this or if you're mad at them. No, it's period. Honor your mother and father. You don't have to wait till a holiday to honor your mother and father. You don't have to wait till holiday, the father's day to get them a gift or take them out to dinner. You are royalty. You're a Hebrew Israelite. You can do it any day you like honoring your mother and father and doing something special for them. Griff can send me something anytime he likes. I'm going to accept it, right? So let's get out that mindset of only on these special days I'm taking them out to dinner. Only on these special days I'm doing something for them. And, you know, my father didn't raise me. So I'm going to cuss them out or I'm going to treat them. No, the Bible says honor them, period. It doesn't say whether they were a good or bad father, whether you met them or whether there was a prostitute on the street. It doesn't matter. You still have to honor them. And that's for you. Anytime it's forgiveness, it's for you anyway. It's never for the other person, right? Right. So you have to honor them regardless of that. You have to love them regardless of that. Okay. And so Proverbs 31 is what? You want to know uh, what a virtuous woman is? That's a Proverbs 31 woman. And that's what we all aim to be, a virtuous woman. Okay, so 
Start reading your Proverbs 31. If you want to, to, to model on being a good mother, wife, and woman. Proverbs 31. Okay. So let's talk about this Mother's Day. Is it a pagan holiday? Yes. The answer is yes, it is a pagan holiday. So let's talk about the Greeks and the Romans started worshiping these gods, these goddesses. And what their goddess name was, was Rhea and Sibeli. You can look this up. So it, it originated there. And then, of course, it got over into Christianity. Uh, they started this Mother's Day Sunday. Okay, there was this woman named Anna Jarvis. In 1908, she started this Mother's Day working club to help women care for their children. So she started this in 1908. In 1914, in the U.S., it, it officially became a holiday in 1914. Now, Anna tried to denounce Mother's Day. She tried to denounce it because they commercialized it. They took away from what her real meaning was. And what she tried to do was uh, she felt like most of the men were being honored with holidays. So she wanted to get this mother's club because she wanted some women to be honored. Anna Jarvis was never married and she never had any children. So you got this day that the, the president put after her and this woman never even had any children. And she was never married, okay? So in 1920, she was so disgusted. So in 1914, they made it official. In 1920, she was so disgusted about the commercialized of Mother's Day that she urged people to stop celebrating and she filed lawsuits. This woman actually filed lawsuits and she died in 1948 and all her wealth went towards these lawsuit and legal fees to stop using the name Mother's Day, which she had created, which of course the United States is all about the capital. It's all about the money. She even lobbied the government to remove it from the calendar. I can't make this stuff. Look up Anna Jarvis. The United States makes $24 billion with a B. $24 billion is spent each year on Mother's Day. Okay, so let's talk about some, um, some women in the Bible. When I, was, when I was writing this up, I was like, like, who really stands out in the Bible? I'm going to talk a little bit about the judgment of Solomon. So really quick, I'm going to give you a little synopsis. If you go to 1 Kings 3, 16 to 28, it talks about when um, these two women were in the house, they both were pregnant. So they both had a baby three days apart. And one of them rolled over on the baby and the baby died. So she took her dead baby and put it and stole the other baby, put it underneath her and put the dead baby on the other woman. So of course a mother, when she wakes up to feed her baby, she knows that's, this is not my baby. So they go in front of uh, the Solomon because he was, a, he was a wise ruler there. And so he says, okay, we, we're gonna uh, solve this by cutting this baby in half. We'll solve this, we'll cut this baby in half. You get half the baby and she get half the baby, get the sword out. That's kind of gangster, right? But uh, so the mother, one of the mothers said, yeah, go ahead, cut the baby in half. So we, we can end this. And the other mother said, no, just go ahead and let her to have the baby because I'd rather for her to have the baby than my baby to die. So we knew who the true mother was by that. And, you know, I, I hear some stories, some, and, it, and it always breaks my heart of these mothers 
who or parents in general who hurt the baby. You heard them put them in ovens and raping them and doing all these brutal things to them. And I'm like, oh my God, I, I, I couldn't imagine. That baby is growing in your womb and comes out of your womb and you're to nurture that child. Even animals nurture their child. You see little ducks, they won't even move until all the little kids, little baby ducks. Nurture your baby, nurture your, that is your fruit. That's the reason you're here, procreation. That's why the devil always tries to attack and have this abortion stuff come up. Those are our seeds. No more abortion, no more trickery of the enemy. Love your children and teach them that way. Another uh, mother is Eve, of course. She's the mother of creation, Eve. Okay, and then Sarah, that was Abram's wife, she had a baby at 90 years of age. She didn't abort that baby, 90 years old. So I would be scared trying to push out a baby at 90. She was, she was, she, she was elated. She loved Isaac. She taught him the way. And even after all of that, that's where our blessings come through because he was the, one of the greatest sacrifices in the covenant. After all of that, they were willing to still be obedient to what the Lord say and use him as a sacrifice. But the Lord, our Yahweh, allowed them to keep him. And then who else? Mary, Virgin Mary, Immaculate Conception, our Yahshua. Having a baby inside you, being a virgin. Can you imagine that? What a gift. So... I, I say kudos to all you women. I, I know it's rough sometimes. I know our babies have been stripped. I know our families have been broken. I know I was a single parent and you do deserve to, to say thank you. You do deserve to be loved on. And that's every day, that's any time. So not, let's not just wait and say thank you and love on your mother or your father till one of these American holidays come up because tomorrow's not promised to any of them. Uh, God loves women because they balance humanity. Us women, we're special to the Lord. They, you know, we're, we're, the world is better in mankind through women. And then I'm gonna end on the, on the uh, note, Genesis 1 and 27 says what? The Lord said, it's not good for man to be alone. We are his helpmate. It's not good for man to be alone. So thank you to all you women. We love you. Have a, have a blessed day. Uh, children can continue to honor thy mother and thy father. Uh, continue to love on one another. Women, continue to nourish your, your children and your baby and do the best you can. And some of you, and I'm gonna say real quick, some of you, uh, Kids like, well, he or she don't deserve. You know, sometimes that's all they were equipped with. Whatever skills they had, some of them just did the best they could with what they had. Your job is to be a better mother or a better father and quit throwing salt at them. Sometimes that was all they were equipped with. Some of them have been raped, molested. They've never even told you about some of the struggles they've been through. And they, and they might be messed up. Maybe they need you to love on them to, to lead them to the cross, to give them some salvation, to, to, to say, hey, God loves you and I love you. 
I forgive you. So that's all I really have to say about the Mother's Day. You can look it up and we are here to, to preach the truth. You know, sometimes you hear the preachers and they, and, and they give you a good feeling and everything. We like to educate you here on the Hebrew congregation and give you the word. And so uh, that being said, uh, you want to elaborate on anything I said, Rabbi Avshalom? You know, um, I am, um, I just, everything that you said was right on point. Um, but the key is honor, right? And, and that's what it's all about. It's honoring, not just one day of the year, but I mean, you know, we exalt one, uh, you lift up one day as a special day to remind people because most of the people in this society don't even think about mother. You know, a lot of people, I shouldn't say most, but there, there's an element or there's a segment of society that have forgotten mother because we've been so destroyed, you know, mm -hmm. and now we're selfish. We're taught to be selfish and I have my rights and me, myself and I is the spirit of the day. So we must be reminded. Uh, and, and that comes through Torah to honor your mother, honor her because without her, there would be no you. Right. Amen. And you know, my mother's deceased, but it's, it's strange. I never, and, and I think it's it, that Hebrew Israel, it's embedded in me. I never got sad on Mother's Day about her being deceased. I would get sad when I just wanted to love on her or a situation came up and I want to call her or I may see some food that she used to cook and it remind me of her. It was never on Mother's Day that I, I felt empty or anything. It was always on the day where my, my soul just wanted her next to me. And so I, I, I you know, I, I think about some things with me and I used to say, hmm, I, I wonder why I never really get sad on Mother's Day. That's why, yeah. because it, it, that he, as a Hebrew is like, it, it's been embedded in me for a long time. And then when I learned some, once I started learning more of my identity, I learned that's why I have this trait. That's how, that's why I act the way I act. That's why I speak the way I speak. That's why I won't tolerate some of the things I won't tolerate. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I'd like to just put this out that during Ezra's court, you know, that's, you know, way back before Yeshua, right? Mm -hmm. Before him, Ezra's court insti instituted our Sidur as it is today. In other words, every Friday night when we're entering into Shabbat, what is the thing that we do? We do the virtuous woman. So every week we have, we get to honor our mothers, you know, and the husbands, actually it's the husband is honoring his wife, but also the children being present, you know, at Rev Shabbat on Friday, we're honoring our mothers and our fathers, actually. And then the, and the, the mothers and fathers are putting blessings upon the children every Friday night. Mm -hmm. So for us, Mother's Day is every Friday night, right? And right. Father's Day is every Friday night. And Children's Day is every Friday night. Right. So it's a perpetual thing for us. Right. The family coming together. Yeah. Well, uh, Rabbi Afshalom, we got the same colors on today. We didn't plan this. We just don't want to court today. We got our, our royalty, our gold and black going on here. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah. uh, we didn't plan that. 
Well, thank everyone. Uh, we have our wonderful Rabbi Absalom who's going to talk about our parish shawl today. We have his lovely uh, wife, Akola Lisa. And so thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Rabbi Absalom, uh, I've given you the screen. You go ahead and take it over. All right. Well, shalom, everyone. I'm going to start right away with my screen sharing, which is in Leviticus chapter 25. This is a very important well, all of the parishes are, are important, but this one kind of brings it home to us that are scattered amongst the nations as Israelite, right? Whether you call yourself a Yehudi, a Jew, or an Israelite, this is important for us, but more in particular to West African Jews of the diaspora or those that were sent out or in the transatlantic slave trade. And we talk about this a lot because it's so important for the world to acknowledge and not just for the world, but for us to acknowledge who we are and where we came from and why we are here. You know, we talk about um, uh, how our sins are forgiven, past, present, and future. But when you read the Torah, you find that the man, the soul that sinned, it shall die. That's what it says. That's exactly what it says. So in this parashah, it gives us an understanding of why things have happened to us the way they have. And why when we're told that our sins are forgiven yesterday, today, and forever, it's not true. You have to confess your sins when you sin. If you don't confess it, it's not forgiven. If you don't acknowledge your sin, you're in your sin, you see. And that's been from the beginning, all the way from the back in the beginning. You have to confess it, and then you're forgiven. Mm -hmm. So this parasha, I, I believe, it, it, to me, it, it reminds me, you know, we march in the streets, we, we, you know, we have George Floyd, we have, you know, Say Your Name, and, and all this stuff that's going on, and nothing changes. While we're having trials, about police brutality and people being shot in the street, people are still being shot in the street. Nothing changes. Mm -hmm. Nothing changes. Now listen, remember this now. For at least almost, well in this country, since we've been in this country, 400 years in this country, maybe a little less, but I say 400 years, we've been saying that our sins are forgiven, past, present, and, and future. If that is the fact, why are we here? And why are we still going through the things we go through every day as a people? Because we as a people have not acknowledged our sins. See, and that's what this parish talks about. Okay, it talks about it. Let me get into it a little bit. Let me just get into it just a little bit. Um, in Leviticus chapter 25, it starts off like this. Let me, let me go ahead and share my screen. Okay, you have it. Okay, uh, let me find this thing here. Because I want you to see it. And I want you to read chapter 25 on your own because we really don't have the time to really get into it like I would like to, I desire to. But, you know, you can read it for yourself and you'll see the same identical thing that I'm reading. It's no different, okay? Now, I may have it in Hebrew, you know, or, or you know, um, or ancient Paleo-Hebrew or whatever. I may read in different ways, 
but I read in modern Hebrew today and in English, so that English, more so you can understand it. I have it, you can see the Hebrew there, but, but it's the English uh, rendition that is important for you. And what it says is, first of all, it says, the Lord spoke to Moses. Okay, but it doesn't, the scripture really doesn't, Torah really doesn't say the Lord. It says, and spoke uh, Yahuwah to Moses, okay, at the Mount of Sinai. So it actually says his name, but we've been taught not to use his name for the fact to, to fulfill or, or build an offense around it. But so wherever you see that name Lord in the scripture, you know that it doesn't say that in the Torah. The Torah uses the name yud heh Okay, and I don't like the vowels that are on there because uh, it, it it changes the pronunciation. Really, it changed the pronunciation, but that's fine because we have different dialects and we speak differently. But the message is that the Lord is speaking to Moses at the mount. He says, speak to the Israelite people, right? And that's exactly what it says. It says, speak to the Israelite people and say to them, when you enter the land, that I assign to you, the land shall observe a Sabbath of the Lord. So this thing about Sabbath, it rings all the way through the scripture, does not change. When you're in the land, and see, and this is what is happening. We're not in the land, but it does not mean that we stop keeping the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. A lot of the, the reason that you know when we're in the land of israel we're supposed to observe it because the land and israel are are tied together we are one okay so the land depends on us and we depend on that land and in that land there are certain observances that we have to do we are commanded to do certain things in the land but whether you're in the land or not the sabbath day is still the same because in the beginning it said you shall keep the sabbath holy and we're talking about the Torah, which is the Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Right. We're talking about the foundation mm -hmm. of Israel and mankind. Right. So on the seventh day, the Lord rested. He set the example. He doesn't have us to do anything that he would not do. So it says six years. And this and this six years is just it's just like, I mean, it's. It's, it's why we go from observing the six days of labor and the seventh day of rest. You see that unfolding here in this six years you sow your field and six years you may prune your vineyard. You take care of it. You prune it. You make sure that it's ready. But, says, but the seventh year, is just, it's, it's a Sabbath year. So we have six years that in the, now this is in the land of Israel. Remember, we're talking about in the land of Israel. This is how we are to conduct ourselves in the land of Israel. Outside, you see, it, it doesn't hold true, but keeping the Sabbath does, right? But this whole system of sevens, we see it being played out here, all right? Mm -hmm. So in the seventh year is a sabbatical year. It's a year of rest. And just like when the father had the children of Israel uh, delivering them out of Mitzrayim, he said, on, this, on the sixth day, you should gather twice as much. So that principle is laid out and played out here on the seven years, right? So in six years, you, you'll take care of your, your field, but that seventh year, you're supposed to rest, allow it to rest. Our forefathers 
did not maintain this command. One of the reasons why we're kicked out is because we didn't do this. One of the reasons why Yeshua came was to return us to keeping the seventh year and letting the land rest. We were not doing it. We were more, we were allowing, we allowed the Romans and the Greeks and the other nations to influence us not to keep that year. Okay. Call it the Shemitah year. Okay. And it tells us what we're not supposed to do. Okay. So I'm moving this kind of fast because I want to cover as much as I can to get to this, this, this part that is really, just really like would blow your Romans, mind. The Romans and the Greeks were all these goddesses serving like i just told you about mother's day where that originated all those goddesses they were serving and trying to get us to do the same thing yes mm -hmm. okay now i'm going to go down to verse eight okay because i want to move it i want you to see because i want you to read it for yourself you need to read this you actually you need to read this okay if you haven't read it before and you've been in, in church for all your life you haven't read it you need to go back and read this this is your foundation this is why we're being killed in the streets. This is why we're here in the United States uh, right now. Okay, this is part of the reasons why we're here. Okay, you shall count on seven weeks of years. Now it goes into years, right? Seven times, seven years. So the period of seven weeks gives you a total of 49 years. So 49 years, why is this done? Let's, let's read the scripture. It says, then you shall sound the horn a loud horn in the seventh month. You know, we do this every year, right? We sound the shofar uh -huh. every year, but, and that's every year in the seventh month. So after 49 years in that 49, in that 50 year, you're moving into the 50th year in that seventh month, you're moving into it. You sound the shofar again. And it said on the 10th day of the month, it lets you know, again, the Lord's appointed feast have a purpose and a reason for the children of Israel, not for the nations, but for the children of Israel. This is our covenant, okay? So they have a day and, of atonement. And, and so everyone knows that seven months, that's the Rosh Hashanah, right? Yes, day of atonement. So that's, up, the right? new, that's the new year. It's the and new then year. The 10 days after that is the Yom Kippur, which is the day of atonement. So we, did that, we did that last year, so we're gonna do it again this year. Every year, mm -hmm. every year. Mm -hmm. and, and, and you know, and so, and this is our commandment, but we haven't been, we know that in Christianity, we haven't been doing it, right? We know right. it, right? It, it's, we haven't been done. We haven't, we've been told that it's all been taken care of, but this is forever, all right? This is forever. Even now, you know, if you believe Yeshua is Mashiach and you believe that he is your high priest, Guess what he does at this time every year? See, he atones for you every year as a nation. And this is important. But this is a special one because this is what we call, and I used to preach this when I was a pastor, the year of Jubilee. You know, uh, uh, you know, rest the year of restoration. But, uh, you know, every year we do this, every, you know, after 50, you know, you get to do this at least one time, a Jubilee. If you're mm -hmm. 50 years old, you've lived a Jubilee. Okay. You may not have had hit the, the the jubilee year because it might have happened when you were born or sometime in between that but 50 years is your jubilee year but things don't change well i'll be 50 this year so i'm gonna hit that jubilee <laughs> so you hit a jubilee yeah you hit a jubilee you know and we have a book of jubilees 
And that's how we measure time, by jubilees. You see, we talk about generations, but actually scripturally, it's by jubilees. And generations fall within those jubilees, you see. It's possible to have three, gener two, three human generations in a jubilee, because children have children, right? Children do have children. So it's possible to have more generations in a jubilee, okay? Uh, and it does happen on a continuum basis. Yes, yeah, women can start having as early as 12 years of age. Yeah, yeah that's right. So babies have babies, right? Mm -hmm. He said you shall hollow the 50th year. So uh, Alcodia said you need to hollow this year for yourself. You made a jubilee. <laughs> you live a jubilee if you, when you turn 50, right? Mm -hmm. You shall proclaim release. This is, and this is what we don't see happening. You shall proclaim release through the land for all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you. Each of you shall return to his holding, and each of you shall return to his family. Why was this proclaimed? This is so, you know, the father never intended for the children of Israel to be in bondage or enslaved or in debt. So he set this 50 years so that at that time, everyone goes back to the beginning. You get a reset. We call it, a re you hit the reset button. You get your land back. You go back home. Debts are canceled. Everything is taken care of. This is the this is the jubilee year, right? I mean, this is the year you are set free to go home. So you do not live in perpetual bondage. In this country, we're still in bondage, but it it was the intent of this country for our bondage to be perpetual, as long as we live. And especially in the South, we were supposed to be bondsmen, and 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 that mentality. Is still prevalent today. See, when you see some of the things, when you pay, open your eyes and you pay attention to what's going on in the various governments, you find that they really intend for us to to be perpetual slaves. But the father never intended that for any man, but especially for the children of Israel. Okay, so the fifth year, year shall be a jubilee for you. You shall not sow, neither shall you reap the aftergrowth or the harvest. Uh, the untrimmed vines, for it is a jubilee. It shall be holy to you. You may only eat the growth direct from the field. So this is not only for you, but it's for the land. Again, remember, we're, you, we are one. Children of Israel and the land are one. The land is waiting for us. There's no one going to, no other nation can have the peace that we can have. So you see all the things that's going on in Israel now? I just read this morning about terrorist attacks going on in Israel and how they're trying to set up the different government. That's because we are not there. And we, are very, to, and we are very forgiving people. We are very yeah. forgiving people. So, yeah, you got Arabs attacking, you know, and people, the Turkey attacking, you got people attacking in the land of Israel. If, when we, I put it this, when we are directed to go back, when the Father sets the day for our return, we'll go in. He's going to take us in, uh -huh. and then we will have peace. Okay, So just understand that. But right now, we're still scattered because the decree has not gone out for us to go into the land. But I believe that the decree is for us to get to the holding places to prepare for the return okay, or the coming of Messiah. Okay, So again, the 50th year is a time when we're to go back to our, our uh, family's inheritance, and we all have, believe me, you have an inheritance. You're an Israelite, 
you have an inheritance. And it is not anywhere else in the world but Israel. And that day is coming when you go there. Okay. So I'm going to go down now. Um, let me go to uh, 18. Here we go. Again, you shall observe my laws and faithfully keep my rules that you may live upon the land in security. Again, you're not, we're not going to have the true peace that we need or we have until we're in the land. So no matter how we prosper outside of Israel, the enemy is always going to be there to take it from you. Okay. One of the reasons, again, one of the reasons why we can never see true prosperity for us as Israelites is because we're not in the land. It reminds me of Rosewood. It reminds me of Greenwood. It reminds me of Springfield. You see? It reminds me. I had There was a people, uh, there was a man that had a service station in Gary, Indiana. He went down to Crown Point, Indiana, which is where the white folk live, and built a dream home. And before he could move in, they burned him down. They uh, uh, uh. burned it down. And the reason that happens is because we're not in Israel. We are in the land of our captors. They do not want us amongst them. And they don't want us, okay? They need us in order to survive. They need us, but they don't want us. Right. And that, you know, and if you read the scripture, you'll find out that that's the way it's going to be until we're back in the land. It says, okay, and it, um, let me go on down, okay? Again, Observe the laws, the commandments. So if you haven't studied the Torah and you're not observing what we have commanded to do, then you're not in the covenant blessing and you will not see true prosperity. You will not have true peace as a people. Okay? So I'm going to go on down because I want you, you can read the, all these things, right? I'm going to go over to Uh, I'm going to hit down to 39 because I want to touch this uh, high point. I want you to remember these, this I want you to hit. Uh, verse 39. Again, you should, I admonish you to go and read this for yourself more than one time. It says, if your kinsman under you continues in straits and must give himself over to you, do not subject him to the treatment of a slave. In other words, when you own your business, when you get into your wealth and you see one of your kinsmen needs help, we are required to help them. Okay. It's a requirement. Mm -hmm. Right. To help them. If with, you know, don't give what you don't have. You can't give what you don't have. Mm -hmm. All you may have is, but if you're a business owner, you may be able to help someone. Right. That's all it is saying when it's in your power to do it, to do good. If you don't, a good field worker, and that's what I like to uh, say about myself is work in the field, even if it's some encouraging words, giving them something to eat or what. Be a good field worker. Yeah. Tie into the land. Tie into your people. Yeah. You know, I never understood when I worked at corporate America, and I would hire on, you know, and be working hard and, and meeting all the requirements. And my counterpart, my Caucasian counterparts, would come in. And we would have a discussion. We'd be talking. They'd say, yeah, when I came, they told me I was going to be a supervisor and, and how they're going to help me on a career path. I said, and I would say, 
They never said anything that like that to me. Mm-hmm. See, so they're using the principle amongst themselves, you know, that we don't use. But when I talk to, and, and then you talk to uh, others like my brothers that are in supervisory positions, they didn't talk to me like that. Well, some of them did. I put that some, but as a rule, I found that happening on my counterpart, my Caucasian counterparts. They were always knew that they were going to rise up in the com- country, uh, in the company. All they had to do is show up. It's and called just, it's called white pri- privilege, and yeah. I've I've worked at a place where, in a lot of places, you're not supposed to discuss pay. They put that in your thing that you you're not supposed to discuss pay. Make a long story short, I was training this girl. I had been there about three or four years. I trained her, and she slipped up and said what she was making. How am I training you, and you making more than me? So I, I went down and I questioned that because of the, the personality that I have. I went down to human resources and I wanted answers. She didn't have a degree or any, they couldn't say any of that. So they went back and put me one penny over her. They, they went back and for that year, they gave me the back pay and put me one cent over her. Like, but that just goes to show you. Yeah, but, but see, that's not unique either, right? Because I've had the same experience and I know others that have. And here, watch this, sis. Again, in corporate America, I'm a manager, right? But before I was a manager, I was training people just like you. And I found out that they hired a guy that had no experience whatsoever, was paying him $3,000 more than I. And I found out about it because they trusted me and they talked to me. So I went to HR and made them pay me back pay and, and raise me up, right? And I'm running the project. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the people under me were making more money than I was. Mm-hmm. See? Again, we had the same... We're not supposed to discuss pay. Right. But when I was a manager, I had access to all the pay that everyone was getting. All of the, the, my engineers and all of my technicians that worked under me, I knew what they were making. And so when I looked at it, I saw that the, 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 the African-Americans were making less. Mm-hmm. No matter where they were, they were making less. And so I changed it. I gave them all raises. Thank I you. brought them up to where they were. They mm-hmm. didn't like that. So I, I was checking, you know, I had to do all the, you know, all the uh, reviews and all. So I'm checking. I, all of a sudden, I couldn't see what they were making anymore. They had taken, and I'm the manager over the department. They had removed my access to see what people were being paid because I was equalizing the pay. I would not allow them to pay the whites more. That's how it works. And so... If you, no matter what position you're in, no matter how you elevate yourself, you're still not respected or given the same privilege as your white counterpart. And right. that is their actual experiment. I took copies, I made copies of it, and I actually sent it to the EEOC. They didn't do anything about it. And I have documented proof that the blacks were being paid less and were doing the same, and in many cases, elevated work than their counterpart. And they would not act on it. Okay. And so, so, so many that. stories we, we have in, in this corporate America, even when I worked at the police station in, in Pennsylvania on the booking sheets, because we had to enter them. I, I was a dispatcher. They had any GRO for Negro, but in yeah. the system, it says African-American, black African-American. So I said, why, why are the sheets not updated? And so they said, it's not a big deal. I said, it's offensive. And yeah. so we had a union and I took it to the union and they did update the sheets. Yeah. And then they looked at you funny, didn't they? <laughs> oh, yeah, they, you know, that didn't last forever. That, that, you know, 
<laughs> so in chapter okay let's go to Leviticus 26 now watch this what it says again everything that I'm reading for you is for you to do this is something that you have to do you must do in order to remain in the covenant right all of a sudden we are in the covenant well these are the things that are necessary to remain in the covenant he says if you follow my laws and faithfully observe my commandments again that's why I say you need to read this because if you're not doing it, if you're not, uh, well, the base thing, the, the most basic thing is the Sabbath. Remember, we started off with, if you observe my Sabbath, and then my Sabbaths, different Sabbaths, right? The Shemitah year, right? And uh, the Jubilee, year of Jubilee, right? And the weekly Sabbath. You must observe. That's the very basic thing that we do. But it says, observe faithfully my commandments. If you haven't studied the Torah, the first five, the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, you have no clue of what you're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. Some of the things, again, require us to be in the land, but the majority of the things, like keeping the Sabbath, uh, honoring father and mother, you know, uh, have respect for each other, not turning our back on our own flesh, uh, you know, not doing certain, we have the positive commandments and the negative commands that do pertain, whether we're in the land or out of the land, you need to know those things. Right. That's because right. believe that's, that's, that's the Ten Commandments. Yeah. Believe me. Just call on the name of Jesus is not going to do it. Because when he comes, he's going to tell you, I didn't know you. Why didn't he know you? Why wasn't he into it? Because you did not keep the commandments. And the Sabbath day is not Sunday. It's Saturday. Friday and Saturday. Because that's why you can look at the calendar. Sunday is the first day of the week. The right. last day of the week is Saturday. That's right. Okay. Now let's go down again. Again, I'm doing this because I'm telling you how we as a people will change our situation while in the diaspora. All right, these are the things that will help us as a people. We can get money, but again, we're not gonna build that wall around our wealth as a nation of people until we do these things. All right, because we're, we're, while we're in the staging area, while we're in the holding pattern, while we're waiting for Elijah to come to prepare the way so that Messiah can come, these are things we need to be doing outside of the land while we're preparing. Okay, He says, uh, verse 11 says, I will establish my boat in your midst and I will not spurn you. I will be ever present in your my, in your midst. I will be your God and you shall be my people. That only happens when we obey his commandments and his statutes. You see, and he says, I, the Lord, am your God who brought you out from the land of, Egypt, of the Egyptians to be their slaves no more. Okay, so why are we in Egypt again as their slaves? It's because we have not kept the statutes. Okay. Okay, he says, and, be, and he he, he says, who broke the bars of your yoke and made you walk erect. You know, if you're under the yoke of bondage, your back is bent, is broken. Okay, he says, but here we go. If you do not obey me and do not observe all these commands, all right, and, the, you know, he says, if you don't, if you reject my laws and spare my rules so that you do not observe all my commandments and, and you break my covenant, again, remember, it's covenant. Okay, it's covenant, doing the covenant, not just knowing that there is a covenant, not just thinking that my sins are forgiven no matter what I do. No, that it doesn't work that way. Does not work that way. We 
are required to do certain things, okay? It says, I in turn will do this to you. I will wreak misery upon you. Are you in misery um, as a people? Are we in misery today? Look out in the street, turn on the television, watch the news. Mm -hmm. I will wreak misery upon you. It's not the nations that are doing it. See, there's only one that has control over everything that happens, and that's our Father. Mm -hmm. So everything that's happened to us as a people is because it is allowed to happen to us. Reason one, we're not in the land. Reason two, we're not in the land because we broke his commandments. We broke the covenant. And when you break the covenant, there are certain curses that come upon you. We read that in Deuteronomy, but we're actually reading it now. It says, I will break, I will wreak misery upon you, consumption and fever, which, with, which cause the eyes to pine and the body to languish, and you shall sow your seed to no purpose, for your enemies shall eat it. You know, that, that sowing your seed is actually like your children. You're having children, and they're going to jail. Um, they're not honoring you because they're adopting the ways of the nations around them. That's your seed. That is your true seed. We're losing children. But I thank the Father that our children are returning because our children, when they get the truth of keeping the Torah, they are returning to the Torah. It's us old heads that are fighting and rebelling against the truth of the Torah. When we give it to our young children, the youngsters, they catch it and they'll run away with it. And they take it and they and they get angry with us or disappointed in us because they're not, we didn't teach them when they find out the truth. He says, he says, I was set my, and you know, a child will say, why didn't you tell me this? Dad, why didn't you, if I had known this, if I had only known this, I wouldn't have been that way. Many of them will say that. And then all we can say is, well, I didn't know because we didn't teach it. We weren't taught that. But now we know it. See, it says, I will set my face against you. And you that's, what I, that's what I was saying a little bit earlier about having grace with your, your parents, because a lot of it they didn't know. And, and we're, we're starting to learn our way. And so and then even with being a, a parent, some of them, they didn't they didn't get the luxury. Their parents didn't give them those skills. Yeah. And so we yeah. have to be taught, retaught and uh, rethink this and um, start over again. Yeah. One of the things we do, we're good at is being motivational speakers. And, and the, the deal is when we come, we would come together and worship. We have a high service because the spirit would flow. And it's because we've gone through so much through the week and our spirits would be up because we're all together on one accord and our corporate anointing would be flowing. And that's a good thing because when that corporate anointing is flowing in your service, it means that your spirit is open to receive from the Lord. And after we, after our choirs and, and our musicians, professionals get up, and that's what they are, professional musicians, they get up and, and elevate us like David was saying, and he would relieve the, the power of the Holy Spirit, <clears throat> and we would get high, and then the message would come forward, but that message would only, um, in many instances, continue to elevate our emotions and not our sense of desire to change to line up with the word according to the covenant. Again, remember I'm saying according to the covenant. It's, see, the thing about it, when our spirits are open, and that's what it's supposed to open us up every day of the week, 
You can have a high day every day of the week. Right. Open up every day. But you got to get some, once that spirit is open, you've got to receive the covenant into your spirit. You got to feed your spirit with the covenant. See? And that's what we're missing. That's what we're missing. Mm-hmm. Okay? And so we need to get, we need to get back to the Torah. So once our spirits are open to receive, we can receive the Torah, the covenant. And then you'll see Yeshua as he really is. And then he will manifest himself amongst us. Our Father will, mani our Father will manifest himself amongst us in a way that we've never, ever seen it before. He says, and if for all that you do not obey me, listen at that, I'm going back to it again. If for all that you do not obey me, I will go on to discipline you sevenfold for your sins. So all these years, it has actually been getting worse because we had a law, you know, back when we had um, in the 1800, in the late 1800 and early 1900, the Azusa Street. Remember Azusa Street took place? Brother Seymour and the Holy Spirit, there was a revival going on. The Holy Spirit was being poured out. That was an opportunity for us to, to, to come back to Torah at that time. But we didn't. And so after that time, we started getting into where we are now. It's as if we had no open vision anymore. The prophets were not speaking to us anymore because we refused to return when we had a, the gift of the Holy Spirit being poured out again. We did not do what we were supposed to do. We didn't return to the keeping the Sabbath. We didn't return to, to obeying the covenant. And so it's been worse for us today. It's worse now than it was then whether you believe that or not, whether you receive that or not. It is worse because our children, are, are, again, have been captured, you know, have been conditioned to accept homosexuality and, and bestiality is coming on the rise now. All these things are coming to pass, and that's the sevenfold that he's talking about. We haven't seen the worst of it yet. It's getting worse. Our children killing each other. That's it, and it's only going to get worse. I mean, you know, and it's just well, an, an well, hour the seals are going to continue to open those seals. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I, and I will break your proud glory. I will make your skies like iron and your, your earth like. I want to tell you something. There's a uh, this is a good actor, and I love the guy. You know, he's a good actor. I'm not gonna call his name, but his children are a mess. They grew mm -hmm. up with all that wealth, and they're a mess. Just like the boys, just like women, and they don't, they don't, they don't. The girls are like. You know, I know who I know exactly who you're talking about because I was watching it the other day. The picket, yeah. uh, yeah. Smith, picket and Smith, and, and the daughter just came out with this show talk about some poly something where you can just have sex and love whoever makes you feel good. It, it's a bunch of oh, it, it it is disgusting. I'm like, look look what's going on here. They had a whole yeah. show on it. Yeah. You, you, you didn't have to tell me. I I, I, I watch it because I try to keep up on what's going on in the world and pray about these situations, these spirits that they're transposing. Right. So even when we gain wealth, our children, our seed is being destroyed. You see, our seed is being, and that's what's happening. Perversion, because we're looking at the nations and taking on their persona, their God. Okay. Yeah. And so, and yeah. so there's a cross. The son is wearing dresses and the daughter shaving her head off and telling them, saying she can sleep with women and men and anything she wants. Yeah. And, and, you know, and that's just her and this is them, but believe me, they're not the only ones. They're not the only ones. Okay. It says again, 
You need to read this. I'm, I'm, read, I'm going with this because you, I'm stressing, read this. If we're going to change, we need to read and we need to make changes based upon what the Torah says, all right? Because believe me, in, if your church has a 501c3 and you don't allow homosexuals to have their play in there, they will take your 501c3 away from you, your tax status, your coveted tax status, which we shouldn't have in the first place because, again, the Constitution says separation of church and state. But if you take on that 501c3, they have, the law can come and say you cannot. Or the law can say you must marry them or you must do that. And, and so that is a problem. We have to, not me, I don't have to deal with it. You're going to have to deal with it. Okay. And I ain't, I'm not dealing with it. I don't have to worry about it. And there's one last comment I want to make on that, that subject we just said. I mm -hmm. thought about how that marriage must have been so broken. And that's why you have to be careful what you do around your children. For them, that girl, that young lady to feel that she never wants to be married and it's over, overrated is because she wish she watched in that household. Yeah. Well, Not she, just in the that's household. That's why we have to be careful about what's yeah. going in the ear gates of our children. And we have to teach our children. We have to teach our fruit. We have to sit down at the table and talk to them. Yeah. And, and, the, and the parents can be doing the right thing. But it's when they go to school, when they watch TV, what they're being told by the media, that plays a, you know, I, think about it. Our children are not under our control 90% of the time during the day. You know, when you're raising children, you're out working, both parents, they're in school or in daycare, and those heathens, many times those heathens have control of your children. Yeah. And so Mary has two fathers and Johnny has two mothers. And you can't say anything about it. Oh. Right. And, the, and the law and the school systems say you can't say nothing about it. And, and that's what we're dealing with. And, and, and that's what we're happening. It says, so it says, if you remain hostile toward me, how do you remain hostile toward him? When you disobey, refuse to walk in his covenant, when you refuse to obey his commandment. And I'm, I'm pulling this, I'm calling this out to you. Read this. Find out what the laws are and the commandments are that are for the children of Israel, not for the world. This is for the children of Israel. There are, there are commandments for the children of Israel and there are commandments for the world. There's a responsibility that we as Israelites have and Jews have that the world do not have. Okay? It's not theirs. It's for us. Whether you are an Israelite or a Jew. Whichever one of those walks you want to walk in, that's fine. You know? And so um, we need to read this. And, and by the way, those who say they're Christian, those who are walking in Christianity, you would be designated either as an Israelite or as a Jew. But the teaching must be the same whether you are a Jew or an Israelite. And again, we say Christian, but it's actually messianic. We all have the same commandments to walk by. We're responsible for the same commandments. And our communities, especially as Israelites, West African Jews of the diaspora, we are the ones that these commands are directed to because you see it playing out in our lives, in our communities, every day. He says, I will loose wild beasts against you. What are the beasts? That's the system. And they shall bereave you of your children. We just said that your children, you know, don't want to get married, don't have to get married, dressing like girls and girls and boys, and you know, that kind of they shall decimate you, and your root, your roads shall be deserted. Your, your way, your direction 
shall be deserted. What's the direction? Direction toward the Torah. Direction, Yashraal. Direction, those that are going to God will be skewed because we are not obeying the covenant. And if these things fail to discipline you, listen, it keeps building up. Notice it says, if you keep on. It says, if you keep on. So if the prophet is giving you a word from the Torah, and in other words, the messenger is giving you a word from the Torah, and you still will not do it, he says, if you fail to do to discipline you, uh, he said, if these things fail to discipline you for me, and you remain hostile to me, when you deliberately disobey the commands of God, you are hostile toward your own, the God that Jesus said you, you, you're worshiping. You are hostile toward Yeshua when you disobey his commandment willfully. So when you see the word written and you read it for yourself with understanding and it's explained to you with understanding and you still refuse to do it, if the word says keep the Shabbat and you still won't do it, if it says, you know, observe the Shemitah year and observe the year and you don't do it, if it tells you honor your father and your mother and you don't do it, you see, if it says don't go in to your uh, bestiality and don't do, do uh, what is that other thing they do uh, in the families, you know, incest, it tells you don't do it. If it tells you don't lust after your neighbor and you do these things, if you are a drunkard, if you are a drug addict, if you continue in these things, it only gets worse. If you refuse to obey the, the Lord and, and do what he says to it only, he says, again, verse 24, I too will remain hostile to you. If you remain hostile to me, it's going to be the same thing to you. Okay. And I, in turn, will smite you sevenfold with your sins. So we see that happening. It's not sevenfold yet. But we're getting there. He said, I will bring the sword against you. Break, you know, you look at this and tie this with, with Deuteronomy 28, you'll find you need to, you know, make a change. He says, Repent. I will bring a sword against you to wreak vengeance for the covenant. Again, for the covenant. In other words, you have broken the covenant. As a people, we have broken the covenant and we see it played out every day in every area of our society. Our society, we see it playing out. You see, you get lead in your water and they don't make a change to, to, to help you. They don't want to do it. He says, if you withdraw your, and listen to this, and if you withdraw into your cities, I will send pestilence among you and you shall be delivered into your enemy hands. In the United States, in our communities, you go to our communities and the, the streets are just filthy. They're not cleaned up. You know, we have the same government services. We pay taxes to have our streets clean, our trash picked up. Uh, you know, you go to the road that's just trash all over the place, but you go to the other side of the street, cross the tracks or, or down the road, and it's just as clean as can be. Yeah. Pay the same taxes. See? And Pot then... Potholes on one side of town, and then the yeah. road's all nice on the other side of town. Right. Right. And I lived in a place called Kingwood. My wife and I, we lived in Kingwood, and the police ride around in little bikes with shorts on. He's just as happy. Not a care in the world. Go on the other side, you know where the black folk are? Where the majority of black folk are? Mm -hmm. Police riding around in their cars, got their guns and, and ready to... Totally different attitude. But we pay the same taxes. Have the same city government. That's in our land, in our cities. It says, if you withdraw into your cities, our communities, I'll still send pestilence. We still have problems in our communities. You see? 
I saw it in Gary. There's so much nepotism going on. If you look at the roster with those officers, most of them are related. Most of them have the last name. Look at those teachers. Most of them are related in the last names and they're all teaching each other the same thing. Oh, go get your military hours so you can stay a step ahead of everybody. We're going to hire you. And that's what they do. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so what I'm showing is, is in our communities, the reason our communities are like they are is because it's just what it says before. We still refuse to operate in the covenant. We know about Jesus. We call Jesus Messiah. We know about that but we don't obey what his commands are. If you receive him as, as your Messiah, you believe that? I say Yeshua. If you come from Jesus to Yeshua, you come to Yeshua, God our salvation, God is our salvation, then you're going to obey the commandments. But as long as you underway, operate under the premises that I don't have to keep the commandments, I don't have to, I can do, I can worship on any day that I want to, which is against the Torah, we're going to continue to see this perpetual destruction of our families and our communities. And it's a very simple thing to do. Read the Torah, observe the Torah, do the Torah as it is written. And it's an easy thing to do. He says, when I break off your staff of bread, 10 women shall bake bread in a single oven. They shall dole out your bread by weight. Though you eat, you shall not be satisfied. You're not going to, no matter what you get, you're not going to be satisfied. In other words, you're not going to see your redemption. You're not going to see a change until you line up with the word. Okay. All right. Let me go down to uh, 2622. Uh, wait a minute. Let me see. Am I in 26? Yeah. Let me go 22. I got to go back to 22. Okay. Uh, let's see. No, I already did that. Okay, I did that already. All right, I'm good. All right. Let me go a little further. What? How much time? How am I looking for time? Oh, go, um, probably about 10, 15 more minutes. Okay. Okay, let me go down. I'm going to go down some further. All right. Verse 33. That's where I was going. 33. All right. It says, I will scatter you among I will scatter among the nations and I will unsheath the sword against you you shall not you shall become a desolation in your cities a ruin again we are scattered amongst the nations we start to build ourselves up we had black wall street what happened to black wall street it was destroyed and we tried, well no it's because the lord allowed it to happen because the scripture must be fulfilled you see and all that happened in order to bring us to remind us go back to but we were not going to the Torah we were looking at the blessings of the Breed Hadashah or the New Testament without going back to the to the to the foundation you can stay up there where you was all howdy howdy and, and 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 my sins are forgiven but until you find out how to get your sins forgiven and what it takes to remain in a, in a forgiven state you're going to continue to perpetually go back to the same place. You'll get moments of bliss and moments of relief, but they're not going to last. They're short-lived. We see it over and over again. Again, read this chapter 26. Read this Leviticus chapter 25. Study it. Meditate on it. It says, you know, it says 
I will scatter you amongst the nations. I will unsheath the sword against you. Your land shall become desolate and your cities are ruined. Then shall the land make up for its Sabbaths. Again, but this is, now this goes back to, again, Israel. But we see it happening because we're scattered amongst the nations. And, and, and actually we can see our communities grow and be sustained if we would return to, the, to observance. It says, then shall the land make up the Sabbath. Again, that word Sabbath comes again. The rest, years of rest, through the time that it is desolate, you are in the land of your enemies. Then shall the land rest and make up for its Sabbath years. Again, if this doesn't hit you, it keeps talking about the Sabbath and returning to the Sabbath. Because it says, you shall serve the Sabbath. It is your covenant. Scripture actually says, it is your covenant. So we have not, and again, I go back to Azusa Street. Even though you're keeping the Sunday service, he allowed, the, the, he allowed us to have this revival of the Holy Spirit, of pouring out of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit was poured out during the Azusa Street manifestation and all these miracles are taking place it was whenever the father does miracles like that it is to get your attention that you're doing something wrong and 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 he is there to deliver you but we fail to accept it and return to the torah return to keeping the sabbath we remain because we had that high and did not return to keep to, as a people to the torah so Azusa Street came and went. We saw the miracles, and now we're trying to make it happen again. Every year we're going to Memphis and trying to make it happen, and it's not happening. They tried and and uh, they tried up there in, in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, trying to do it up there. That you know, and it's not happening because that is coming gone. Okay, that happened. It was to get our attention to come back to the covenant, but we rejected the covenant. And so Azusa Street left. And everybody's talking about this revival that we're looking for. The revival is happening now. Mm -hmm. Revival of coming back to the Torah is happening now if you will receive it. Right. It's happening now. Okay. All over the world. It's happening. Okay. Study this. Okay. Uh, it says, with no one, you say, okay, let me go back up. As for those of you who survived, you know, like at Azusa Street, like at all those places, those of you who survived, uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Rosewood, though for those of you who survived, I will cast a faintness into your, their hearts in the land of their enemies. Where are we now? We are still in the land of our enemies. Many of us have left and gone to different countries. Some have gone to Israel. Some have gone to the continent of Africa. Mm -hmm. Many have. You see, it says, and that means they're out of the land of their enemies. All right, he says, the sound of, uh, of a driven leaf shall put them to flight, fleeing as though from the sword they shall fall, though none pursues. You know, we, we're stumbling um, continually. He says, with no one pursuing, they shall stumble over one another as before, the, as before the sword. You shall not be able to stand ground before your enemies. Doesn't that sound like Deuteronomy 28? Mm-hmm. So this is the first time it says it says it again in Deuteronomy. What does that mean? He's putting a stamp on it. It's going to be on the test. You need to get it. He says it in the book of, of holiness. Leviticus is the book of holiness. Deuteronomy tells you, you know, you got trouble. 
coming. Deuteronomy is the prophecy that tells you it's coming. When you break the covenant, it's coming. That's the second time it tells you I'm, it's going to happen. So you get the warning here in Leviticus. Then you get the stamp on it in Deuteronomy. Okay? He says, he says uh, you shall not be able to stand your ground before your enemies, but shall perish among the nations, and the land of your enemies shall consume you. You know, Dr. Martin Luther King, wonderful thing. And then he died. You know, he said, we can't go with them with, 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 with guns and weapons, but we can go with them in peace. And, he's, and as a child, a young man, I, we watched these people water hosed and beaten, you know, in the land of their captivity, in the land of their enemies. You see? Mm-hmm. It's happened. And again, that happened after Azusa Street. Remember, Azusa Street, 1800, the late 1800s. You're looking at the 50s, 40s, 50s, where all this stuff was going on with hangings, started hangings and all this stuff. After Azusa Street, after the Great Revival, why did all of this happen then? Because we refused to return. When Yeshua was put on the stake, we were scattered again. That should be a reminder. You see, that, that was the first, that, that happened then, again. Go back in history and see what happens. He sends his messenger. He said, I continue over the years, I continue to send my messengers, and you refuse to obey them. The messengers are out today. The message is clear. Okay, the message is clear. Those of you who survive shall be heart sick. You know, I'm heart sick when I think about Gary, Indiana, because I survived Gary, Indiana. It says, those of you who survive shall be heartsick over their iniquity in the land of their enemies more than they shall be heartsick over the iniquities of their fathers. That's us. Think about it. Talking to you face to face. Mm-hmm. Talking to you face to face. Think about it. And they shall confess their, listen at this. Now, this is, this is important. It says, they shall confess their iniquity and the iniquity of their fathers in that they trespass against me, yeah, were hostile to me. We're fes- we're confessing now. Now we're is, confessing. That, is that we're, considered blasphemy, or is uh, blasphemy too strong of a word? That's that's kind of strong. It's strong. Okay. It is. Okay. It is very strong. Um, so you know, um, it's our continual sins that we we're continuing in our sins, mm-hmm. and that's what's happening. And, and so we're looking back at what our fathers did. And we're confessing. We should. We're, actually, we're commanded. We're commanded to confess those sins. Okay. Mm-hmm. Acknowledge those sins so that our sins can. Be, the soul that sins, it shall die. So we can. We look back and we see the sins and we confess and acknowledge that we are not going to continue in that path, but we're going to return to the covenant. That's what we. That's what the voice is going out today. Psalm when you 20, hear the Psalm twenty-three, yeah. their path of righteousness. Yeah. And so, you know, we may not agree with the Hebrew Israelites to stand on the corner and cuss people out. But that what they're telling is the children of Israel return to the Torah is what they're saying in their own way. I don't agree with the way they're doing it, but I agree with the fact that they're telling us to return. You know, see, I do agree with that. We need to return to the Torah. I don't think you need to go out cussing people out on the street because a lot of times, you know, the people that you're talking about, you are, your blood is mixed with them. 
you know. So you got to be careful about that. Right? But again, the message is repent and return. Teshuvah, return. He says, when I turn, in, when I in turn have been hostile to them and have removed them into the land of the enemy. Again, that's us, right? So what? Let me go back. I need to go back and read some. He said, uh, "Those of you who survive shall be heartsick over their iniquity in the land of their enemies." more than they shall be heartsick over the iniquities of their fathers. And they shall confess their iniquity and the iniquity of their fathers in that they trespassed against me, yet even, yet were hostile to me. When I in turn have been hostile to them and have removed them into the land of their enemies, then at last uh, shall their uh, obdurate, obdurate heart humble itself and they shall atone for their iniquity, okay? So when we have a contrite, a broken spirit and a contrite heart as a nation of people and, re, and confess the sins of, of our forefathers, while we're in, it says, in the, while in the land of their captivities, they shall remember who they are. It's written in the, in the books, right? Okay. While we're in, and so while we're in the land, again, this is saying that same thing over. Now is the time, don't run from it run to it and accept the truth because you're not going to get anything other than this this i'm reading straight from the book not from me this is coming from the book uh -huh. which is how it happened in ezra's time they read from the book and the people repented and they returned to the torah right that's what we want to see today that should have happened at the azusa street revival it didn't happen they said then will I remember my covenant. Here we go, back to the covenant. After we repent, repentance means you return to the covenant, the contract agreement. That's what it's talking about. He says, after we as a people return to the contract agreement, the covenant, he says, he says then I remember the covenant with Jacob, our father. You remember Jacob? Mm -hmm. His name was changed to Israel. A lot of us want to be called Israelites. Reminded us of Jacob. Some want to be uh, Jacob, wants, uh, Israel. Some say Jacob meaning Jews. Uh, I remember also my covenant with Isaac and also my covenant with Abraham. And I remember the land. So while we're here in the land of our captivity, if we repent now, while we are repenting, he starts to remember the land. And the reason why the land of Israel is in so much turmoil now is because we are beginning to acknowledge our, the sins of our forefathers. We are returning to Torah in mass. So the land of Israel is about to spew out those that do not belong. Mm. If you receive that, that is the truth. Mm -hmm. Okay? He says, then I will remember my covenant with Jacob. I remember also my covenant with Isaac. And I remember also my covenant with Abraham. Land, seed, and blessing. And I will remember the land. So we are tied to the land. The land is tied to us when we do right. Talk about people, all these people talking about doing Aliyah. We need to first... While we're in the land of our captors, repent, return to the Torah so that the word can reach on high and Elijah, the prophet, can come to help us because, you know, they can't even do anything without the prophet. Nothing happens until the prophet comes. Messiah doesn't come until the prophet comes first. Okay? That's according to the prophecy. All right? So the land is beginning to spew the people out. It's beginning to, the churning, there's an unsettlement 
in the land because we are praying and we are returning and we are gathering in the different places among in the amongst the nations preparing ourselves and we're getting the word out i pray that you receive this word that we're we're getting to you today from the prophecies uh -huh. see it says for the land shall forsaken be forsaken of them make it up for its sabbath years by being desolate of them while they are atoned for their while we are atoning for our iniquity the land is preparing for us while we atone for our iniquity for the abundant reason they rejected my rules and spurned my laws if that is not slapping you upside the head my <laughs> rules my laws uh -huh. man what can what what you know azusa street was a warning today he's sending the word out again it's up to us. Okay. He says, yet even then when they are in the land of their enemies, I will not reject them or spurn them so as to destroy them. Didn't say he wasn't going to punish us. He said not going to destroy us. He said, annulling my covenant with them for I, the Lord, am their God. The only reason that we are here today, the only reason we are still receiving the Torah, the only reason he keeps sending this message to us is because he still remembers his covenant uh -huh. and his long suffering. He's suffering long with us because he's going to fulfill his word. His word is not going to return to him void until it has accomplished what it has been sent to do. Okay. And so when we return the word, it's going to accomplish everything. When we give that word to you as a messenger, and I give you this word, it's not going to return it to him void until it has accomplished what it is sent to do. It says, I remember in, I will remember in their favor. I'm going to stop right here. I will remember in their favor the covenant with the ancients whom I freed from the land of Egypt inside of the nations to be their God. I, the Lord. That's what I'm going to stop right there. I will remember in their favor the covenant. We have to put the screen on you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let me, let me, let me go. I'm going to stop the share. Okay. I will remember the covenant. Mm -hmm. okay. That's what he's saying. He's going to remember it. But we need to do our part. I'm going to do my part. I'm going to get the word out to as many people as I can. As many as I can. We need to return to the covenant. Notice I'm not saying give up Yeshua. Grasp hold of Yeshua. By the hem of his garment and acknowledge the truth that is in the Torah. Obey the covenant. Learn the covenant. If you don't know it, you can't do it. If today is the first time you hear this message, read that chapter 25, 26, 27. Finish up the book of Leviticus. Read that. You know, read about the. the the Shemitah year and, and the importance of it because it's going to remind you that the land is tied to us. We're tied to the land. But until we come to the point where we acknowledge and return, repent, our children are going to be sodomized. We're going to marry men, marry men, women, marry women. Children are going to be confused. Every time we build ourselves up as a community, it's going to be destroyed by the the systematic uh, racism by the nation of people around us. We're going to kill each other. 
continually until we acknowledge and obey the, the contract agreement, we cannot expect the deliverance that we hope for unless we do our part. And if you call upon the name of Yeshua, then I admonish you now, call upon his name, but return to the Torah. Call, call upon his name, return to the Torah. Ask him to give you supernatural insight, give you wisdom and understanding of what we are supposed to do, what you are supposed to do now and in this time. That's, that's the appeal that I go out for. Remember Azula Street. It was real. Amen. Thank you so much for the word, Rabbi Absalom, that wonderful teaching. Rabbi Absalom is the Lord's messenger. He's Yahweh's messenger. He uses him and he's used him today in many occasions. We're giving you the word. We're giving you your, our time. We're uh, tiding into you right now because we love you. Uh, we look forward to seeing you all next Saturday. Uh, we hope and pray that you learn something about um, the pagan holidays, about the parashah, about the reading of the Torah, about what we need to do to move forward, keeping the Sabbath day holy, which starts today at 6 o'clock. Well, we, we're recording a little bit early today because I'm leaving town, but it starts Friday at 6 and Saturday at 6. Facing ease, spending time with your family during the Sabbath. So every week, every week you're honored, like you said, you're honoring your family. You don't have to wait to, to one of these holidays and come up. Every week you're honoring your wife, your husband, your children. You're loving on them. You're creating a unity with them. The angels of the heavens are rejoicing. And our Yahweh is moving on our behalf and our favor. We love you all. If a cult Eliza could uh, lead us out in prayer today, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be called your children. We thank you for that. We thank you for you most of all. We thank you for your son. We thank you for your Ruach HaKodesh. You are our blessing. We thank you for the many lessons that we've learned here today. Uh, and they're rich. They're good. They're applicable for us today. And um, in the uh, prayers that we do, we ask that you bring back our judges like they were from the beginning and our instructors as it was in ancient times and take us from oppression and sorrow. Reign over us quickly, for you alone are Adonai, full of kindness, mercy, righteousness, and truth. Blessed are you, Adonai, the king who loves righteousness and justice. We yeah. thank you for those words. We thank you that you're placing your instructors and your teachers and your judges back into the earth to teach us the way so that we can come back to you and do it the way you desire, not the way man desires, but the way you desire it. We pray also for those that are not 
um, visibly here with us today. Uh, many are in various places of the United States in the country. We ask for their safe protection and travel as they go to and from um, various places. Yes. We ask for your healing virtue. Father, we are sick. We are diseased. Mm -hmm. We have malady. We have infirmity. But only you can heal us. And only we can return to your Tata so that that will come to pass for us. Many of us are praying for what should we do? How should we go? What should we eat? What should we take? We can find the answers right in your Torah. We thank you for that. You have not left us alone, but you've left us your word so that we can return and continue to do. Many times we start things and leave them and then find ourselves coming back to them. That is what we must do with your word. We thank you for the host. We thank you for the rabbi. We thank you for all the blessings of love, grace, and mercy that you've given us here today. Yes, sir. In your name we pray. Shem Yeshua, amen. Thank you so much for that beautiful prayer, Akul Eliza. Thank you, Yahshua. Thank you, our Yahweh. Blessed are you on the night, King of the universe. Have a beautiful day. Enjoy the week. Be safe. Shalom. Have a, good trip. Shalom. Have a safe trip. Enjoy your trip. Shalom. Thank you so much. Shalom. Shalom.